With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every great magic trick consists of three acts. The first act is called The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode 1161, a Thursday. Right next to me is Kimmy. I got one name. Kimmy. Hi there, I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. Uh, that's so true, and the person who is the hero is right next to me, and that is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And how are you? I'm doing fine. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. By the way, it is a throwback Thursday, and being a throwback Thursday, we will have something to throw back coming up on this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Uh, stick with us. It'll be towards the latter part of this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. Now, we're getting really close to the month of March, and in March, the Riley and Kimmy Show will be on the road. On the road. Again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Life I love is making music with my friends. Be sure to check out our website, RileyandKimmy.com, to our event page for locations and places we will be. Also, ways to invite the Riley and Kimmy Show and our sister show, Animal Special, to your upcoming event. Whether it's pop culture-based or animal-based, meaning pets and dogs and things like that, uh, we have a show that covers all those things and is available for you in Central Florida. Now, by the way, one of the things we'll highlight for the month of March, coming up on March 19th in Melbourne, Florida. That's not Australia. It is Melbourne, Florida. The Riley and Kimmy Show will be at the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. And special guest at the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con is a very good friend to the Riley and Kimmy Show, and that is Tug the Bull Terrier Puppy. And we woof him. That's right, we do woof him. He uh, he and his parents, his human parents, Blake Ovard and Kim Joy will be there as well. And you can find out more about uh, Tug's story. We have an interview with Tug's dad, Blake uh, video interview available right on our website. You can find that in our interview sections, our video sections, photo video section. It's available there. And check out Tug if you don't know his story. He he is a remarkable, uh, I'm, I'm going to call him an individual, actually. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a remarkable soul who fought the odds and is with us and is an inspiration for those in the world of anti-bullying, in the world of dementia, and also in the world of of rescues yes and you know if you love dogs maybe you're not into the pop culture thing maybe you know somebody who's that way maybe they don't they don't care about anything pop culture related or at least they say they they don't but they might actually a little bit but they love uh, animals and dogs and 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 such Uh, they will want to check out tug at the melbourne toy and comic con which is coming up on march 19th that is in melbourne florida and we would love to see you there. Also, we'll have details about an, uh, another appearance in Melbourne uh, before that. We'll have that announcement coming up shortly. It will be on our Facebook page first. Other social media will follow. And then on our event page, which you can find at RileyandKimmy.com. Now, by the way, at the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con, there will be tons of collectors there. There will be tons of collectibles. They go together, collectors and collectibles. There'll be something for everyone there. Cosplay contest will be going on. VR Comics will be hosting that. They uh, will be uh, the uh, ringleaders, if you will, of that. The ringmasters. Peter Pappas of uh, VR Comics will be uh, handling the hosting of the of the cosplay contest. Tons of fun. Artists on hand. And speaking of artists, John Beatty, known for his work with DC and Marvel, will be there. Uh, he's done work with Batman on Marvel, Captain America for a long run, also Punisher, and he was part of Marvel Secret Wars, the original Marvel Secret Wars. So bring your comics to be signed. He will be signing all day long, and he'll be sketching as well. Now, the best thing to do is get to the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con early if you're planning on a sketch uh, from John Beatty. Stop on by and say hello to John. He'll be at the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con. Tug and 
and also John Beatty under the same roof, and also a zombie will be there too, and that is Tim Proctor from The Walking Dead will be appearing as well. You can find out more about this family fun event by going to the Melbourne Toy and Comic Con's website. Very easy to remember, MelbourneToyAndComicCon.com. Now, Kimmy, I have a question for you. On this Thursday, a throwback Thursday, are you willing, are you able, do you want to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia? I'm ready. It is a Thursday. We'll be asking Kimmy some questions from the trivia, and these questions will be jumbled up possibly, or they may not be. The timeline might be in chronological order, or it may have been jumbled up. Feel free to shout out answers to Kimmy. We have that time vortex that's opening up right now as I see it in front of her face, and that answer will be will be flying right out here in a few moments to her ears, I'm sure. Yes, that's right. Yell the answers. Yell at your, at your smartphone, your tablet, your laptop, your desktop, whatever computing device you're listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on, because the Riley and Kimmy show is mobile and global, heard around the world with a daily variety pop culture show. You heard right, daily variety. We offer pop culture escapism so you can get away from things. Here we go. It is a throwback Thursday. Kimmy, we have the very first question for you. And we're moving over to something about radio. It was on this date in history. I don't know how they recorded this or how they know it, but it has been recorded. It went down in the books of history. It was on this date in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The first radio station contest was held. Give me the year the very first radio station contest was held. Was it 1910, 1930, 1940, or 1950? 1950. It was 1910. I don't know if you had to use a, a telegraph to win. I doubt you were calling in to win on that one. It wasn't the you know 15th phone caller wins on that one. Maybe it was the 15th telegram <laughs> you won. I have no idea how it worked, the contest, but that was in 1910. And considering 1910 would be experimental days with radio, I don't know what the contest was. Hmm. If it was, if you are listening to this, write to me. It possibly was. I have no idea how that worked. That was that was 1910. Yes. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. Kimmy, Charles M. Hall completed his invention of aluminum. Now, the question for you is, was aluminum... Invented in the 17th, 18th, 19th, or 20th century. 19th? You are correct. 1886 is when aluminum came to be. Now, when you played baseball, did you use the aluminum or wooden bat? Wooden. Uh, you refused to use the aluminum bat. Or did you have a choice? I didn't have a choice, but I prefer wood. Okay. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, your sweet tooth probably likes that this happened. It was on this date, Kimmy, the Tootsie Roll was introduced by Leo Hirschfeld. Now the question is, what year did the Tootsie Roll make its uh, appearance? Was it 1896, 1916, 1926, or 1936? Oh, let's go 1916. No, Kimmy. That Tootsie Roll is far older than that. It was 1896. Now, was that a Ben? No. So when you went out trick-or-treating and somebody put those little mini ones, did they have the mini ones? I didn't go out trick-or-treating that Oh, that's much. right. When you handed out candy because you were prohibited from walking around in the neighborhood, the kids were scared of you and so was everybody else. They were like, no, leave that Adam's family child in the house. Uh, wasn't that it? Uh, and it, well, you come on, you, you were like a 1313 Mockingbird Lane. You're part of the Munsters. Uh, did you hand out those Tootsie Rolls? I don't recall. You ate them all. That was it. Nobody got anything at the door because the bowl was empty. You'd eaten it all, right? Is that it? I don't recall. <laughs> no comment. I plead the fifth. Okay, it was on this date in history, Kimmy. 1836 in San Antonio, Texas, the siege of the Alamo began. It was on this date. Now, listen carefully. It's easy if you just listen to the date. It's 1861. This United States president-elect arrives secretly in Washington to take his office after an assassination attempt in Baltimore. Who is the president-elect? What year? 
1861. Abraham Lincoln. That That's right, Kimmy. Are, are you with us? Mm-hmm. Okay, just checking there. Yes, we are. doing. Still thinking about the candy. Okay, all right. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. In 1927, President Calvin Coolidge creates the Federal Radio Commission. It was called FRC. They began assigning frequencies, hours of operation, power allocations for radio broadcasters. On July 1st, 1934, their name was changed to the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. Yes, before 1927, it was sort of like a a wild, wild west kind of thing going on. Everybody was for himself. You could operate all kinds of power levels or on the same frequency in the same city. and It was just a mess. That's Mm. the justification for the creation of the FCC. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history, film-wise, animation-wise, give me, give me the year. We're not going to help you in any way at all. You have a five-year buffer. Give me the year Walt Disney's animated movie Pinocchio was released. Hmm. Give you the year. The year Pinocchio was released to theaters for the very first time. 1950? You miss it. It was 1940 that... Pinocchio hits theaters. Did you ever see Pinocchio? You and I did in the theater. Really? I'm surprised at that. Re-release? Yeah. I'm surprised. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, that's interesting. I I didn't. I always I, that was like the one of the few Disney films I saw as a child in a in a theater. Mm, was, I had never seen it as a child, so you and I went to the theater when they re-released it. Okay. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. In 1968, Wilt Chamberlain of the Philadelphia 76ers became the first player to score 25,000 points. That's career points in the NBA. Question here. You have an easy chance here. One of four it is. It was on this date, 1970. This Beatle guest stars on Laugh-In. It was his first solo TV appearance. Which one did it? Ringo? That's correct. Ringo Starr. How on earth did you know that? Because he was the funny one. 1974, the Simonese Liberation Army, the SLA, demanded $4 million more for the release of this hostage, the person they had kidnapped on February 4th. Tell me the name of the famous person. Patty Hearst. That's exactly right. So on this date in 1979, Dire Straits began their first United States-Canada tour. They started that in Boston. It was on this date, Kimmy, I want the, well... The year will give you multiple choice. We'll be fair here that this TV show broadcast live before a studio audience. It was the first TV sitcom to be seen live since the 1950s. Yes, the TV show. I think you can tell me what it was. And can you tell me the name of the TV mm, show? Give me a break. Okay, yes, give me the break. That's the easy part. Now, what year did they decide to do a live episode the first time on uh, television or in television history and since the 1950s that they did a live performance on TV? Now, 19... I'll, give, oh, you, I'll oh. give you multiple choice. We'll oh. be fair here. It was a okay. 1980, 1985, 1988, 1990. Well, I was going to say 85. You got it exactly right. It's 1985 that that happened. It was on this date, Kimmy, in 1993, this former child star won $1,280,000 in a lawsuit against his parents. Can you tell me the name of that former child star? Macaulay Culkin? 1993. 1993, he was still a kid. Um, Gary Coleman? What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Kimberly? What you talking about, Mr. D? What you talking about, Dad? Yes, Kimmy is exactly right. It was was Gary Coleman. Moving over to something else happening on this date in history. It was on this date, 1993. Little Richard receives a Lifetime Achievement Grammy. On this date, Kimmy, NBC 
That's NBC Network airs Schindler's List. It was completely uncensored. Now, the question for you, was this in the 1990s or 2000s? 2000s? It was 1997 that NBC TV did that. 1998, in central Florida, tornadoes killed 42 people and damaged and or destroyed about 2,600 homes and businesses. Moving to something else happening on this date in history, he had a famous father, Kimmy, that liked to jump over things with a motorcycle. Can you tell me the name of the famous father? Evil Knievel. What a jump! Evil's riding the amazing stunt cycle. That gyro power sends him over 100 feet at top speed. And he's not through yet. Into the dragster. Evil super street car with built-in drag shoot to slow him down. What a hook. And now, the sky cycle. That daredevil death-defying supersonic sky plane on wheels. And here he is on the super cool chopper bike. With the power that can really rip. He's sensational. He's evil Knievel. He's a knockout. He's ideal. And just like his father, he decided to jump over things. Robbie Knievel in 2000 made a successful motorcycle jump of 200 feet over an oncoming train. That Mm. was in 2000. Moving over to celebrity and notable birthdays, Victor Fleming, born on this date, 1883, died at the age of 59 in 1949. Very important in the world of cinema. He was an American film director, cinematographer, and producer. His most popular films were... The Wizard of Oz in 1939 and Gone with the Wind in 1939. And he won an Academy Award for Best Director of Gone with the Wind. Now, Fleming has two films listed in the top ten of American Film Institute's 2007 AFI's 100 Years, 100 Movies list. And by the way, he also did a horror film. He also directed Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in 1941, starring Spencer Tracy. Have you ever seen that version, by the way? No, I haven't. Moving over to somebody else having a birthday today. Can you see if you can tell me who this person is? If you've paid attention to your Star Trek, I'll give you that much of a clue. This person has been talked about around you before many times. You've been exposed to this actress. Born in 1932, died in, oh, let's see, 2008 at the age of 76. She is best known for her roles as Nurse Christine Chapel on the original Star Trek series, as well as being the voice of the, well, most of the onboard computer interfaces, basically, of the series, that is Star Trek Next Generation, etc. Please enter program. Insufficient data. Please specify parameters. There have been five Federation ships with that name. Please specify by registry number. Program complete. Enter when ready. Yes, on Next Generation, she played Deanna Troy's mother, and she was married to the creator of Star Trek. Can you tell me her name? She played number one in the original pilot. She was, uh, you know, almost uh, the top dog in command on the Enterprise. And then eventually she's seen as Nurse Chapel, who has a crush on Mr. Spock. Now, who is she, Kimmy? Can you tell me her name? I can't. Majel Barrett Roddenberry. Yes, born on this date, 1932, died 2008 at the age of 76. Moving over to another notable having a birthday today. Tell me how old this person is. Peter Fonda, son of Henry Fonda, brother of Jane Fonda, and father of Bridget and Justin Fonda. How old is he? Um, Within five. Eighty. He's 77. Have you ever seen Easy Rider, which was his? No. All right. Moving over to this notable having a birthday, a musician, Kimmy. Quite big in the 1980s. That's your clue. Well, you got two clues. Here's your audio clue. Tell me who it is and tell me how old he is today within five. By that not alone, that means I don't have to play any more of that. You can tell me who that person is. Mm -hmm. Howard Jones. That's right. Ho Joe, having a birthday today. How old is he? 60. He is 62, so you you get that. Actress Emily Blunt, having a birthday. How old is she within five? I don't know. She is 34, Kimmy. Dakota Fanning, having a birthday. How old is she? Actress. Um, She's 27. 27, you get within five. She is 23 today, so I think you did a great job there. Moving over to another section of trivia. I see dead people. 
It is notable deaths for this date. 1821, John Keats, English poet, dies of tuberculosis at the age of 25 in Rome. And in 1848, John Quincy Adams, the former president of the United States, passes away at the age of 80 due to a stroke. What number president was John Quincy Adams, Kimmy? Three. John Quincy Four. Adams. Four. Four. Do you know who John Quincy Adams is? Mm-hmm. His father was Number president. two. Yes, and he was what? Five. She just keeps throwing out numbers here. What is your final answer? Five. He, you're close. Now you're close. You worked your way there. You're getting closer. He is number six on the list of United States presidents. And he passed away on this date, 1848. I think Kimmy did a great job on this throwback Thursday. And we're going to go back in time and honor something because it is a throwback Thursday. From Trivia, we'll honor it with the golden age of radio. Radio was So Riley and Kimmy show the golden age of radio was full of a ton of things variety just like the Riley and Kimmy show they had sci-fi detective shows there was comedy there was all kinds of things including variety programs uh, there was comic strip stuff that went to you know radio and was produced it's just it was a wide range of you know basically the way it is today imagine having satellite tv and you have 500 plus channels of all kinds of things well that's the way radio was way back when and we have an example of just how it was because we have a, a biography here that was done quite well excellent work excellent acting great theater of the mind and it is called mr president and we're going back in time and focusing on john quincy adams and this was done by an actor called Edward Arnold, and he did a lot of work in the 1930s and 1940s. He was a big name at the time, although his name is probably faded with today's audiences. He was huge. Now, I'll give you just how important Mr. President was because he would act as each president that they would feature every episode. So, you know, he could be Abraham Lincoln, he could be George Washington, or he could be John Quincy Adams. He was so loved by Truman... President Truman, that he was often invited to the White House, and President Truman, Harry S. Truman, would refer to him as Mr. President. So we have this. This is really cool. It's it's lovingly done. Going back in time, here we go, to the 1940s. Here's Edward Arnold as John Quincy Adams on Mr. President on the Riley and Kimmy Show. <laughs> President, starring Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's Edward Arnold and written by Gene Holloway. <laughs> Mr. President at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who have lived in the White House, dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of... Mr. President. Today's Mr. President drama will begin in just a moment. But first, a word about our purpose in presenting this series. To Americans, there are no more stirring stories in the world than the stories of the lives of the men who became presidents of the United States. Their deeds are direction pointers for the American mind. Sources of inspiration and courage to young and old alike. People today are more interested than ever to know the intimate, interesting, and inspiring facts about the lives of their presidents. Now, for the first time in radio history, the American Broadcasting Company takes listeners behind the White House reception rooms and ballrooms, glittering with gold braid and famous personalities, into the privacy of the breakfast room and the study, where presidents are shown as individuals, with human doubts, laughter, love and faith. See if you can name the president upon whom this episode is based. The popular election was over. 
and no one was quite sure who was to be the man of the hour. Four men had run for the office of president and had deadlocked the Electoral College. That meant the House of Representatives had to choose the president from the three highest candidates. Listen closely and see if you can tell who the candidate was who won the election. And far from the scene of activity, the president's 90-year-old father sat waiting for news. Who's that? Who's that? Any news? Is there any news, I say? Oh, not yet. The election has to go to the House of Representatives. Clay's out of it now. It's between Crawford, Jackson, and your son. Never thought he'd make it, but he's going to. You watch and see. I am going to live to see my son, President of the United States. What did they say about him in today's papers? Not much in today. Just some report that a newspaper in Philadelphia said he never wears a waistcoat or a cravat. And that he goes to church in his bare feet. <laughs> That's Philadelphia for you. If memory doesn't fail me, they said I went without more things than that. If a Philadelphia newspaper doesn't like you, they certainly make no bones about it. You really think he's going to be elected, do you? Yes, I do. He's my son. Don't you forget that for one minute. He's my son. Ready, dear. Oh, thank you, Louise. I was just sitting here thinking about my father. You look tired. I am tired. There were so many people here today. You know, the circumstances are different for me than for either of the other candidates. In what way, dear? Well, I have given most of the years of my life to public service. If I lose the election, that is equivalent to a vote of censure against those years of service. I don't think you should look at it that way. Whether you're elected president or not, you've served your country faithfully and well. My dear, you've endured many defeats in your life. I'm confident if this should be a defeat, you'll know how to meet it. Yes, but... Haven't you said to me so many, many times, if I'm able to bear success, I must be tempered to endure defeat? Mm, I have said it, and I was right when I said it. Uh, I'm acting like a sulky schoolboy, aren't I? You should give me a sound rapping across my knuckles. Oh, my goodness. I've forgotten all about dinner. Come on before it's ruined. Didn't you tell me Mr. Webster was to stop by after supper? Yes, he is. Well, then, we must hurry. Stormy night out, Daniel. I wasn't sure you'd come. I don't think a blizzard could have kept me in tonight. There's work to be done, neighbor. And you can be sure our opponents are gathered in living rooms throughout the city with little regard for the weather. I don't doubt it. There's a drama to this whole affair that delights me. Just think, out there across town, men are sitting as we are laying plans. All the great political minds in the East are busy with one thought. How shall we get our man into office? And who of us all is going to prove the wisest? Not one man living knows. <laughs> so, is the president of the United States to be elected because of wits or of merits, Mr. Webster? I hope because of both. And it will be if the House of Representatives elects you. I don't like politics. A man should win or lose on his merits. You are speaking as an idealist. The idealist within me agrees with you. But the politician within me warns that it takes more than ideals to win an election. Now... To get down to business, it boils down to this. The man you have to beat is Jackson. Mm, Jackson won the popular vote. Yes, but he hasn't won the election yet. Not by a long shot, he hasn't. Crawford, as you know, has had a paralytic stroke. I'm sure he's out of it. Clay lost out by the vote of the Electoral College. It's between you and Jackson. But the key man to the whole election is Clay. You're convinced of that too, are you, Daniel? Yes. Clay controls several votes in the House. Those votes could swing the election either way. You know, Clay and I have never been very close friends. He doesn't like me. Well, I wouldn't say that he was overly fond of you, no. But I think he dislikes Jackson more than he dislikes you. And I suppose the Jackson supporters are doing their best to win him over. They are indeed. Mm. But Clay will choose his own man. He's a man of integrity, and he'll choose his own man. He's fully aware of his importance in this election. Make no mistake about that. Now then, he wants to come and see you tomorrow evening. He does? Yes. I think he wants to acquaint himself a little better with your policies. I see, but uh, Daniel, tomorrow is the Sabbath. I know, but time grows short now, and this conference must not be delayed. 
I'm sure the good Lord will understand. Oh, I'm not going to try to sell myself to Clay. I can only tell him what I believe and what my intentions are toward the office. Whatever you think wise, neighbor. But let me caution you once more that this man can win or lose the election for him. I'll remember. Come in before the fire, Mr. Clay. I'm happy indeed to have this opportunity to talk with you. Thank you. I'm sorry to disturb you on this day, but things are moving so rapidly toward the election that it seemed imperative. I understand, sir. I think you'll find that chair drawn up to the fire quite comfortable, <laughs> which is something I can't say for all my wife's chairs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Women are usually more interested in the appearance of the furniture than the comfort. I wanted to talk to you about the election. Yes, I know. <laughs> I've been very much courted by the candidates the last few days. That is, by every candidate except you. <laughs> I've been astounded to hear what a sudden fount of wisdom, what a peer among leaders, what a faultless and great man I've become. In fact, if I were all that I've been told I am, my magnificence would be practically overwhelming. Well, I'm afraid I have no such words for you, Mr. Clay. <laughs> I know how much respect you have for the truth. I don't expect any such compliments from you. What I do want to know is, what are your plans for the presidency? Now, that's a hard question to answer. You know my ideas and my ideals. They've certainly been exposed to public view often enough. I want to do the best I can for the country. I want developments along every possible line, the resources of the country and the resources of the people. I don't want to be responsible to any party or to any individuals except the people of the nation as a whole. There's been some activity among the other candidates... I understand they've been promising certain jobs to their supporters. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm not going to bribe my way into the office. As far as I'm concerned, any competent man who may now hold office can continue to hold that office, no matter what his politics. I will never remove a man from office because his views do not coincide with mine. And I will not put a man in office whose sole recommendation is that his views do coincide with mine. I see. Mr. Play... You can support me or not as you like. I have nothing to offer you in case you do, and I would rather you didn't support me unless you felt I was the man for the office. You're an independent man, sir. You always have been. I haven't always seen eye to eye with you, but I have always respected you. I'm going to give you my support. Thank you, Mr. Clay. Thank you very much. Webster? Oh, Mr. Spence, how are you today, sir? Well, Mr. Webster, well, and yourself? Couldn't be better. I suppose you're optimistic about the chances of your candidate now that Mr. Clay has come out for him. Well, I'm certainly more optimistic than I was. How do you feel about the chances of your candidate, Mr. Spence? Oh, very good, Mr. Webster, very good indeed. And, uh, incidentally, on that very subject, there's quite an interesting article in tonight's paper. Have you seen it, Chad? No, I haven't. Oh, what a shame. I don't have it with me. But it says that Clay has given his support to your candidate in exchange for the office of Secretary of State. That is a lie. Well, of course it may be. I only know what I read in the papers. <laughs> That's uh, all a lot of people know. That is a deliberate attempt to blacken the reputation of two men who would never stoop to such a trick. Really? Well, all I know is that's what it says in the paper, Mr. Webster. That's what it says in the paper. Now, how do you feel about the chances of your candidate, huh? This is beyond all endurance. Now, my dear, don't let it upset but you. But it's such an underhanded, low, mean, shabby thing to do. They know that Clay would never make such a request and that I would never grant such a request. Everyone knows that. No, the people know, don't know it. The people who don't know either one of us may well read it and believe it. And this infamous article also says that Mr. Clay went to the other candidate with the same offer and was rejected. And that's why he came to me. Ah, they give no quarter in politics, do they? What do they care if they blacken a man's life as long as they win an election? I wonder who that is. Are you expecting anyone, dear? No. I wager Mr. Clay bitterly regrets giving his support to me. Well, good evening, Mr. Clay. We were just speaking of Mr. you. Mr. Clay, Mr. Clay, I, 
I can't tell you how much I regret... the papers then, huh? Yes, I've seen them. Well, now the fight begins. They think they have us for the throat, but you're going to win this election, Mr. President. No matter what mud they throw at either one of us, you're going to win it. You think we can now? We can, and we're going to. Mud washes out. Don't forget that, Mr. President. In just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. There's an old saying that you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Unfortunately, many people do judge their reading matter that way and are often disappointed. They miss out on books they'd really enjoy reading. This holds true when it comes to judging people, too. Many of us evaluate a person by his looks or judge him on the basis of his religion or origin. Of course, people who do this often hurt themselves. For the person they have judged with prejudice might have turned out to be a good friend and neighbor. That's why we should judge our neighbors by the character of their lives alone and not on the basis of their religion or race. Remember, group antagonisms divide our country, but they can be isolated and quarantined. So starting now, today, help unite America by speaking up wherever you are against prejudice and for understanding. And now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Well, have you guessed who the candidate for office was when all this happened? It really did happen, you know, so listen closely. The fight for the office of president of the United States went on. And now everybody had their coats off and were working at fever pitch. The opposition was busy in their corner. Now, I'm confident that if we can stop our opponent for one ballot, we can defeat him. We know that Jackson can win the election then because there'll be a break in the Maryland delegation after the first ballot. Are you sure? I'm confident of it. Now, here's what we've got to do. The New York delegation will be close, and I think we can bring about a tie with New York, which will keep the vote of that state from being cast. That's the way we can head off an election on the first ballot. Well, how are you going to tie New York? I think Van Rensselaer is our man. Van Rensselaer? Yes, to begin with, he was Alexander Hamilton's brother-in-law which makes him automatically the enemy of our opponent and his whole family. Well, that should work in our favor. I've been doing a lot of thinking about him. I'm arranging to take a furnished house with Van Rensselaer for the session, and I'm going to see that he's surrounded with our supporters. Yes, the opposition was busy in their corner, and up in New England, the 90-year-old father waited anxiously for the news. It's the waiting that's the hardest. I know. If anyone knows, I know that. I remember how my wife said to me, now there's no good in getting excited. We'll know in due time. The excitement grows inside you, and you can't eat, and you can't sleep, and your voice trembles, and your hand trembles, and your knees tremble. I guess it's your knees tremble most of all. And then the word comes, and it's the proudest and the most humble moment of your life. Just stand there saying the most magnificent words a man could say. I do solemnly swear to faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. There aren't many men who can stand up there before the whole nation and say those words. But I pray God that my son will. And then I can close my eyes and... Sleep in peace. Now, dear, you aren't eating a thing. Oh, I'm sorry, Louise. I, my mind just doesn't seem to be on food. You aren't eating a thing either, Daniel. Well, I'll eat when it's all over. Now, see here. You both need nourishment. I want you to eat. I don't like this situation with Van Rensselaer. I don't like it at all. They think they're going to tie up the New York delegation with his vote. Mm, with Van Rensselaer living in a house surrounded by our enemies, I don't think there's much we can do about his vote. Well, I'm going to talk to Clay about him. Between the two of us, there ought to be some way we can get to that old Dutchman. There must be some way.
Mr. Van Rensselaer, have you picked your candidate? Yeah, yeah, I have done it all out, and I'm going to vote for Andrew Jackson. Good. I had a feeling Jackson was going to be your man, Mr. Van Rensselaer. I knew you were a man of judgment and discrimination the first time I heard you talk about the issues involved. Yeah, yeah, Jackson is the man. He will make a fine president. I have studied all the candidates very, very carefully, and Jackson is the man. For a while, I thought of Mr. Crawford, but uh, the other candidate I never liked. Him I would never vote for. Never under any circumstances, never. Well, tomorrow's the big day, isn't it? Tomorrow you vote for the President of the United States. Yeah, yeah, and after years I will be able to say I helped elected Andrew Jackson to the office of President. Dear, it's so late. You must get some rest. Do you know what that clock is saying? Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. Oh, you must stop thinking about it. How can I stop thinking about it? By this time tomorrow, I might be the President of the United States, or Mr. Jackson might be President of the United States. Suppose you do lose. Do you know what you're going to do? No, I don't. You're going right on serving the country in some other capacity. Yes, I suppose I will. But I want to serve in this office. When I was seven, I watched the smoke of the first battle for American independence rising in the sky. I heard the sound of the guns, and something in my own heart took fire and blazed, and I looked up at that smoke and thought, I'll fight too someday. Someday I'll fight out in front. I'll stand out there with the guns blazing all around me so that all men can see how I love my country and what I'll do for her. Well, there are no firing lines now. Thank God for that. But there are horizons to be captured. There are buildings to be built. There is a, the never-ending war to be fought against those who would check our growth through selfish interests. America is an ideal. An ideal of freedom and liberty and honor and knowledge. And I want to stand out in front leading the battle to keep those ideals. I believe you will stand out in front. I believe you're going to win. You know... I used to watch my father. I used to watch him and think, someday I'll stand where you stand now. I am your son. I have your blood in my veins, your strength in my sinews, your spirit in my heart. And now my father is 90. And he's watching from Massachusetts to see if I do have his strength and his spirit. Oh, Louise, I want to win that election. I want to win that election. should be coming in any minute now. Do you think we can change his mind at the last moment like this? If the two of us can't out-talk Spence and the rest of the opposition, then we might as well get out of politics. But we're tackling a Dutchman. It isn't easy to change a Dutchman when he's made up his mind. Shh. There he is. Come on. Mr. Van Rensselaer, I believe? Yeah, my name is Van Rensselaer. My name is Webster, Daniel Webster, and this is my friend, Henry Clay. How do you do, Mr. Webster? Mr. Clay, I have heard of both of you gentlemen, of course. We wondered if we might have a word with you. Yes, of course. Come right into the speaker's room, Mr. Van Rensselaer. Uh, Do you know, Mr. Van Rensselaer, I've been anxious to meet you for some time. I've heard such interesting tales about the wisdom of your decisions on various occasions. Yeah. Well, I try to be as wise as I can about things. <laughs> like we all do. You know, you were a man of great influence in this country, Mr. Van Rensselaer. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, uh, yes, yes, indeed. Oh, yes, indeed, Mr. Van Rensselaer. A man of property and position such as you can't help but be an influence in the country. We know that you take this as a great responsibility and that you watch all your actions very carefully, knowing how you can change the course of history. History? Yeah? For instance, Mr. Van Rensselaer, this morning, by your vote, you may change the pages of history. I am not the only one voting, Mr. Webster. Well, let me tell you why you may change the pages of history. If you vote for Mr. Jackson this morning, you will tie the vote of New York State. This means the House will fail to elect a president. 
Do you realize what can happen then? There will be chaos. Disorder in the land. Disorganization of government. You have large estates. They may be affected. Well, I'm not going to say you will actually lose them. But on the other hand, who can say what the outcome might be? My estates might be affected? If a president is not elected this morning, there is no telling what may be affected. You'd better not vote for Mr. Jackson, Mr. Van Rensselaer. But I like Mr. Jackson. Remember, chaos. Disorganization of government. Your estates. I remember. Gee, I'd better go in now. You uh, think over what we've said, Mr. Van Rensselaer. I know a man of your wisdom will very quickly see what man he should vote for. Almighty God, I pray to you to guide me as I sit here at my desk about to make this word that may change a page of history, I beg you to guide me. Who shall I vote for? Who shall I vote for? Amen. Hey, what is this ticket on my desk? It says me. Oh, but that is the name of the man I was never going to vote for. Well, I must vote for him anyhow. It must be the will of God. Otherwise, why would the ticket be there? Well, now, at last, I know the will of God in this matter. House will now vote for the office of President of the United States. The candidates are as follows. William H. Crawford, Andrew Jackson. He's elected, sir. He's elected. Your son is President of the United States. President of the United States. Almighty God, I thank thee for thy merciful goodness. I'll write him a letter at once. I shall write to him at once. I have the paper all laid out waiting for this hour. My dear son, never did I feel so much solemnity as upon this occasion. The multitude of my thoughts and the intensity of my feelings are too much for a mind like mine in its 90th year. May the blessing of God Almighty continue to protect you to the end of your life as it has heretofore protected you in so remarkable a manner from your cradle. I offer the same prayer for your lady and your family and am your affectionate father. Oh, that's a lovely letter. I knew he'd be proud. I can hardly believe it, Louise. I can hardly believe it. Daniel said that Mr. Van Rensselaer's vote saved the day for you. Now, I don't know how they ever managed to get his vote, but however they did it, Mr. Webster, Mr. Clay, Mr. Van Rensselaer, and most of all, the good God that watches and helps us, have my everlasting gratitude. Welcome to history, Mr. President. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. Well, you've probably figured out by now who the president was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know, and you'll have the answer in just a moment. My dear father, I am writing to tell you that today I took the oath of office of President of the United States. And as I stood there, I could feel your presence besides me. And I could hear your voice saying the oath. I hope with all my heart 
that I can be as fine a president as you were. With gratitude for all the things you have taught me, and with my everlasting devotion, I sign myself your devoted son, John Quincy Adams. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about The Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.